1: last nice sip of uh, TalkZone.com coffee to get ready for our 10 o'clock show here. Awfully, awfully good. The coffee keeps us going, and so now you and the listener out there, and that's why we do this one-hour experience five days a week, Monday through Friday, five in total with the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic coming at you. Thank you so much for joining us. Sports and more, and of course, uh, part of the more is the outstanding music of the TalkZone.com. All right, and then, Coach of the Big Dog with you, the Big Dog. I hope we're going to check in in a couple of minutes, but right now, we'll fly in solo. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show, 888-463-6748. Again, plenty to talk about. we got titillating tidbits, news and notes, all kinds of festivities out here. I'm going to uh, explain later a near-death experience for myself yesterday as I aged rapidly, and my already receding hairline receded uh, significantly. Last night I'll explain that and more. But first, I want to bring in uh, my good partner, who over the last year and a half has been responsible for some of the hair receding uh, that I have experienced, no doubt about it. But we love him, we adore him. Well, let's not get carried away. Is our good friend the big dog, Joel Redwanski? Checking in, big dog, how are you?
2: Hey, I I can use a couple of doors. Don't don't give it in and then take it away, coach.
1: He who hath it must give it away. Okay. He
2: okay. I, he, guess I, I guess I was kind of adored.
1: With. With much comes much responsibility, Big Dog. Remember that.
2: Okay. Well, the, I don't have much responsibility Thank right now. Thank you very I have, much. I'll throw out a few more like Confuciuses
1: before this show is over. Based on your new job, I could throw out one of my favorite Confuciuses of all time. If you are busy rowing the boat, you don't have time to rock it.
2: Yeah, and you do not want to rock a kayak. Nope. Uh-huh. No. No. No.
1: No. Have you, uh, were you, now you've been trained, and again, we're talking a tour guide extraordinaire, the big dog Joe Radwanski. uh, did they train you on how to work the kayak as well? And do you have to stand up at all to give any talk? Oh, no, you can't stand up. You stand up in a kayak,
2: you're going to go swimming in the Chicago River. It's a kayak coach. Okay. No, 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 they, 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 uh, they basically asked me if I could kayak, and they were like, you better be able to kayak that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
2: got out there, and I proved to them that I could kayak. But trust me, I'm a lot better at, than I was after the first day.
1: Is there a it, different it, been technique? Like
2: years since I did it. yeah,
1: oh, yeah I, there's
2: definitely a technique to do it. So.
1: Okay. The kayak, yeah. you're actually, you control both paddles as opposed to the canoe, where you've only got one paddle on one side, right?
2: Yes, and a kayak has, uh, it's basically an oar with two, uh, with two paddles on mm-hmm. each side, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And... uh the way you do it is, you would think you put it in and you pull the water back. You know, to really get a good steam going. Push, pull. Well, that's, yeah, that's way too hard. You put the you put the paddle in the water, and then the paddle that is out of the water, mm-hmm. you just push with your hand So you don't pull back, and you just you just fly, coach. Mm-hmm. It's so much faster that way. You use a third of the energy, and you're going just as yes.
1: fast. Yes, I've seen good kayakers. I've done it a little bit myself, and I'm definitely not a good kayaker, but Big Dog, what you were describing is like so many things in life, we see it in sports all the time, is the people that, that do things well, they do it with a, a level of effortlessness, and the ones that paddle twice as hard, that struggle twice as hard, often are the ones not as talented. Yeah. That makes any sense at all.
2: Yeah, the people who are really trying to row as hard as they can. Yes. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Coach, I fly on that thing, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's it- like you really just have to trust that... You don't have to row hard. Mm-hmm. You just have to legitimately push with the hand that's not in the water, mm-hmm. and it's so easy. Push! when You're just like, whoa! Like the first time you do it right, mm-hmm. when you get down into a pattern, and you you, you can actually feel yourself starting to cruise. So mm-hmm. I know this is some scintillating talk, but it's it's so true. Like if uh, the whenever you're trying to do anything, like if you want to hit the baseball perfectly. You don't swing as hard as you can, Coach. You That's right. Fast, you swing as fast as
1: yep. you can. Yep. And if you squeeze the bat too tight, you get too tensed up, just like in, in canoeing or in paddling or in, uh, in kayaking, you cannot you you lose your bat speed. You have to actually relax to yeah. do things fast.
2: You, you know, Coach, The one of the craziest quotes that I, I've ever heard, because I just can't comprehend this, but I, you're going to have to agree with me that Babe Ruth, not only is he one of the greatest baseball hitters of all time, mm-hmm. he ushered in the modern era. They say Ty Cobb did, but in a, in a real sense, Babe Ruth brought in this whole era of you're in scoring position when you're you're in the batter's box. But he used a 48-ounce bat, and he used to say, because I, I used to read like all these, like the Ted Williams book of hitting and Babe Ruth, how he described how to hit. And Babe Ruth used to say, Squeeze the bat as hard as you possibly can when you hit the ball, which I never understood that. Mm. He was the only hitter of all time who said that, but he also used a 10-ounce heavier bat than everybody else. Uh
1: Interesting. Well, that also goes under the category that there's no one formula for success.
2: And and also, if you're Babe Ruth, maybe you're superhuman. Yeah. Because he used to stand with his feet absolutely together in the batter's box, Coach. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Imagine when you're in the – you stand with your feet together. And he used to have the, and he crouched over and like the bat, like right on his ear. And then when he would lunge at the ball, mm-hmm. have you ever have you ever seen the footage of Babe Ruth swing?
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, not to mention he's got the you know the pot belly and kind of the weird gait. Uh-huh. I mean, he certainly was not the classic athletic look, but uh, the guy was nevertheless a phenomenal athlete.
2: It's, it's, I think it's the most beautiful swing ever, but. I don't know how you can swing a 48-ounce bat and be fast enough and mm-hmm. lunge out at the ball yep. and make contact.
1: And back then, he didn't have all the training programs that kids have now. They didn't have all the weighted bats and the specialty device. He basically just, uh, with very little practice, picked up that 48-ounce bat and swung it and uh, hit the fastballs with regularity, which if you look at all the training the young athletes go, down to, go through now, it's pretty amazing.
2: And after he picked up his three-pound bat, he... He'd uh, go into the, the locker room, and mm-hmm. take a key, and put a notch in the bat for the home run that he just hit off of
1: you. Absolutely. And go so
2: use the same bat that he just took a key and scratched a notch in and then to go sn- hit another home off. And him. right after
1: that, he'd snarf down an 8 inch of pastrami sandwich before going out in the field.
2: Yeah, give give a give the the ball boy mm-hmm. a, a dollar. He run across the street, get a beer and a pastrami sandwich, <laughs> and he'd let the kid keep the change. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> so. Oh goodness, a truly committed athlete. By the way, speaking of sandwiches, David Olson, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Customer Appreciation Day, big dog, a financially strapped individual like yourself should be aware throughout the Chicagoland area, Jimmy John's uh sandwich shops, uh-huh. one dollar sandwiches today and today only.
2: I might, I might have to get on my bike and go to like nine Jimmy John's.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they have a limit. I mean, you can't just go in and buy like fifteen sandwiches and save them up for oh, yeah. one. One dollar, big dog, customer appreciation day. Very nice.
2: That's really cool, actually. Yeah, that's really cool. And by the way, Jimmy John's has some I just want to taste tasting sandwiches. I yeah, have
1: to I prefer, uh, quite frankly, the number four, the turkey tom. Hold the mayo, put the Dijon mustard on, and please add the cucumbers. You got to go, cucumber.
2: I, I go uh, I go gargantuan and I put everything on it.
1: See, that's the difference between you and me. The gar- what is the gargantuan like? Every kind of meat known to man.
2: Yes, and it's the biggest sandwich known to uh, any fast food restaurant. There's nothing mm-hmm. bigger. No, no, like Subway's mcdonald's nothing i thought it's i thought you were the gargantuan
1: i thought you were watching your cholesterol watching your health you go extra mayo on the gargantuan i don't, I don't
2: go extra mayo. i go regular mayo and by the way coach have, are you do you do you use olive oil mayo yet
1: olive oil mayo no i, I try oh, to it, use it olive oil 10
2: times better okay it tastes 10 times better and it's not going to clog up arteries for you. It actually, has olive oil in it. Well, it's a lot more expensive, but it tastes better and it's actually good for you.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen that, and I'd be willing to give it a shot. But don't kid yourself; the olive oil is good for you. But some of the stuff in the main, it might be covering up other uh, negative proteins <laughs> that might be swandering around the negative
2: mayonnaise. Negative proteins. Negative proteins. Oh, by the way, speaking of negative proteins, <laughs> let's, let's, let's uh, change the subject. Because talking with Please. you about food is, is impossible sometimes. Uh, uh, but have you heard about the fact that we're now going to start testing if we can use antimatter for fuel? I
3: if have not. About
2: end of times, end of the world stuff. That is the stuff that people should be freaked out about, not like Mayan calendars. It's when we start <laughs> testing antimatter. Okay? What,
1: help me out. What exactly is antimatter? Anytime you touch anything that
2: uh, touches uh, antimatter is the... Like the evil of the universe, it's every, it destroys everything. If it touches it, it's destroyed, obliterated, mm-hmm. okay? And, it is, and so we're now testing antimatter. That's, that's something that we're considering doing in the future for, as a fuel source. So I'm Interesting. Just, now, this stuff worries me just a little bit, Coach. Well, have you seen Angels and Demons? I have not. Okay, that's what it, Angels and Demons is, is about, that work. They, uh, they come up with antimatter, they have like, a microscopic portion of it, but it's big enough to blow up, like, Mm -hmm. all of uh, Italy, basically.
1: Is this a fiction-based miniseries or or, or nonfiction?
2: You don't know the Dan Brown stories? uh, No. With the the Da Vinci? You didn't, like, read the Da Vinci Code? Oh, no, the
1: Da Vinci Code Code I did read. I enjoyed that.
2: Okay, well, he wrote Angels and Demons also. Okay. And it's about the fact that the Vatican Science Department is working with antimatter, and they finally figured it out. So they came up with antimatter, okay. and uh, it's, it, it, it's, I mean, I do believe that if you do come up with antimatter, still have stuff mm-hmm. like this that can blow up entire cities, and right. so I don't know if they really want to be dealing with this stuff, Coach
1: David Olson, our reading specialist. Uh, you may not know this big deal, but back in the day, David, before. Wanting to become a radio producer, a head librarian, was his number one goal, and I don't think he was able to achieve that. I'm glad he's doing our radio show, but uh, he does have some
0: background in books. You've read Angels and Demons, David? I have, yeah. Uh, Angels and Demons is actually, in book form, it's the book that comes before uh, The Da Vinci Code because okay. it's got the same main character. Uh, but in the movies, it ended up being the sequel to The Da Vinci Code.
1: So, they've made a movie of Angels and Demons. Yeah, Yeah, it came out a
0: couple couple years ago. Tom Hanks and, uh, oh, God. Ewan McGregor. Wasn't Claudia? Yeah, that's right.
2: Ewan McGregor was awesome in that movie. He was awesome in that
1: movie. Interesting. So, one book came out before the other, but in the movies, the other one became the sequel to the prequel. Correct. Uh Correct. And
0: as far as the books go, Angels and Demons is a much better book than Da Vinci Code, in my opinion. Interesting.
2: I can see where it would be, because that is actually a little bit something more believable that it could happen.
1: You know, so. based on your recommendation, I think it was yours, back in our early days of the Morning Break radio show, I actually read The Da Vinci Code and then thoroughly ate it up. I thought it was an engrossing, great book. have never watched the movie. As much as I love the um, the book, never watched the movie. And remember, was it you and me that got in the argument about how popular – I didn't know what the – was it the lure.
2: The Lord? What, what?
1: The Louvre. The Louvre. I had not heard before reading the Da Vinci Code. I did not know what the Louvre was. And I don't know if it was you and me, dog, or somebody. <laughs> I, didn't? <laughs> people were criticizing me for not knowing the Louvre. And I said, all right, if I stop, if we go into the city of Chicago right now and stop 100 people on the street and ask them how many, or, or you know, what is the Louvre? Oh,
2: no, you would have to put down the way it was spelled, too, because you actually couldn't even pronounce it the right way, which is embarrassing. Yes. Okay. Well,
1: I get embarrassed on a regular basis. Part of the programming here on the two guys in a mic show. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, all right. So how did we get on Angels and Devo, the the antimatter? Yeah. Very interesting. By the way, on a related note, interesting show tonight. I might tape it. Morgan Freeman, a one-hour special on the Science Channel. I'm embarrassed to say I don't even know if we have the Science Channel and what channel it's on, but it's on uh, Life. After death, they analyze and talk to a bunch of people. Been there, done that. Scientists, etc. Is there the possibility, or what happens after death? I think it could be a fascinating one-hour show. And Morgan Freeman, Big Dog, is bringing it to you.
2: Yeah, I uh, I watch all those. It's a he, he does it's a series. Coach, it's on every once a week. Okay, he does probably twenty a year, mm-hmm. and he's done a bunch of uh, one of them that one of the best ones that I, I I'll eventually watch that because they put them on in reruns like four in a row. Uh, like Tuesday afternoons, so you just have to tape them in.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He, he did one on wormholes, so like the the ability for us to travel to another galaxy, possibly or another solar system inside of our galaxy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Possibilities that these exist, and you're like, wow, maybe we really could visit another planet. You know, it's the uh, that that series has been phenomenal, coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean did Morgan Freeman either really loves this stuff or he's a he really is that phenomenal of an actor cuz you can feel like you're going to really like it coach that's a, that's a really well done television
1: show all right i will check that out indeed again I, i'm not a regular viewer of the science channel but i'm going to find out if our uh, cable system has that i'm looking over my notes for the show big dog fascinating start to the show lots of topics i wanted to get to surprisingly kayaking And the analysis of antimatter were not two of the topics, but somehow we spent the first 15 minutes on those two topics.
2: Uh, Well, sorry, Coach, but I am a little bit, if you talk about end of the world, that's what we need to worry about. Not not uh, apologizing.
1: I I didn't mean it as an apology. I meant it uh, as just a matter of fact. And You know, quite frankly, I'd rather analyze that than the Cubs 8-2 defeat to Cincinnati. Uh,
2: Yeah, that was a beatdown. You know, at least you can say they got the crap beat out of them instead Mm -hmm. of they played really poorly. Yep. Because like they've handed a lot of wins away, and that's sad to say, Coach, but in a way, I was just like, wow, at least they didn't hand the game away.
1: Maybe yeah. Morgan Freeman's next documentary on the Science Channel will be like, you know, what really goes on in the Chicago <laughs> Cub dugout? What mysterious, you know, overbeing is, is taking control of the dugout? What is wrong with the Chicago It could be. Uh... You
2: know, Coach, I'm not going to. I'm usually, I'm the one in 09 and last year that bashed, I was the first one to get up on top of the table and bash this team and complain that they weren't as good as the, you know, like the 08 team took a significant drop off to the 09 team, and I was the first one complaining about it. I'm not going to, everybody else is beating up the Cubs right now. I'm done doing it. I've been Mm -hmm. doing it for two years trying to alert people that this organization was just going down the tubes right in front of our eyes. Okay. Well, it it is, that's where we're at. I'm, I'm not going to complain anymore, Coach. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting... hopefully we can have a positive uh, uh, finish to this season, and hopefully just all I'm rooting for the next couple of weeks is a Chicago Cubs fan. Aramis Ramirez has been hitting line drives all over the place, Coach. It's, third base is a weak position around baseball, and there's 16 contending teams. One of them needs a third baseman. Mm-hmm. The Cubs can get anything for Aramis Ramirez. Aramis, you had a pretty good run with the Chicago Cubs, but it, it goes somewhere else. And any, and a few other players. So mm-hmm. there's there's guys I'm yeah. just rooting to get hot so they can get gone.
1: One of the problems with that theory is that we're not, I'm not sure Ramos Ramirez wants to go. He's pretty well, he's comfortable
2: no, and he's got the no trade clause.
1: Yeah, I so. think he's pretty comfortable in the city of Chicago. In fact, when he signed his last contract, he turned down. Now he got a ton of money, yeah, but he, he turned
2: five years, seventy million dollars. Coach, does but, not act like oh right. He, yeah, he did us a favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he exercised the option going into this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so he like he he could have left if he wanted yeah. to, but I think yeah. he realized $14 million on the table was a little bit better than what he could get in free agency.
1: Cheap shot, but I can't resist it. The exercise in the option, looking at Aramis, that's about the only thing he's exercised the last couple of years. That was a cheap Keep shot. Cheap, cheap shot. Soft. Cheap shot. I like Aramis Ramirez. I don't but love him, but I I'd like him. A... Interesting theory that you had, though, Big deal. I picked up on the interesting theory, and I kind of like it. Basically... You saw the Armageddon coming, and the we are currently in the Armageddon. Yeah. The two years leading to this, you were very negative on the Cubs because you could see it coming. People get building up their hopes. You're going, no, 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 this thing's heading down the tube. Very interesting. But what I find fascinating is now that we're in the bottom of the barrel, the the lower part of the pit, the bottom of the well, whatever you want to call it, the Armageddon, now that we're here... You're actually supporting the ball club, and I kind of like that philosophy. The two years leading up to it, no, we're doing the wrong stuff. We're not getting anywhere. We're going to head downhill now that we're at the pits. You're supporting the ball club. I like that.
2: Well, here's what I'm hoping is happening with the Chicago Cubs, and I kind of sense that it is, so I'm, I'm I'm happy with it. Okay, they've hit rock bottom. They no longer are trying to add a left-handed bat yep. because, hey, let's let's get rid of core of our team because we need a, a left-handed bat named Milton Bradley. no. They're not doing that anymore, you know what I mean? And now they realize they're not one player away. Mm-hmm. They're a whole organizational concept away from winning a World Series title. Mm-hmm. Okay, the way the White Sox did it in 05, I'm still to this day, I bet you, David Olson probably just shakes head says, like, I have no idea how that, that team won a World Smoke Series. Smoke and mirrors. It really was. And that's not a knock on that team. The the way that the White Sox are trying to build a championship now is totally different than how they had lightning in a bottle, pull a rabbit out of a hat in 05. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't happen very often. You truly have to build with players in your organization and then just add a piece here or there, not do it the way the the Cubs have done, Mm -hmm. where their organization was just to be used as pawns to trade for other players in other organizations. It was funny. They always traded for those guys when they were done or their shoulder had nothing left in them and all this other stuff, they need to build their their best players need to be, come from their farm system. Mm-hmm. You, every team that does it that way is always better than teams that try to buy. The Yankees were always better when they developed their players as opposed to buy them.
1: Anybody so. that would like to support uh, the big deal, Joe Redwanski, is an assistant to the general manager, Jim Henry, possibly to replace Jim Hendry, uh, email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. I like your thoughts, big dog. I think like, you're thinking yeah, in mean, the right. You, you would be a good addition to the program. I like the, <laughs> speaking of that, I like the, what was it the White Sox, uh, what was the line by Steve But They, they, they hired Robin, not Robin Yount, Robin Ventura as, as a new special advisor to the team. Uh huh. So. <laughs> Uh, Steve Rosenblu's comment: Now that he's the special advisor to the team, uh Robin, please advise Adam Dunn and Alex Rios to start hitting. <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, makes
1: as, a lot of sense. as special advisor, that should be your first advice. Cubs lose
0: yesterday to Cincinnati, eight to two, eight losses in a row. Yeah, David. Real quick, when they every single channel. When they were talking about Robin Ventura bringing back, uh, coming back to the White Sox, yeah. they played the Nolan Ryan video. Oh yes, I saw it on every single channel. Uh,
1: that's not that's not nice to do.
0: It's, it's not. This guy, it's guy not, comes but, back
1: I mean, in the fold, and you play his most embarrassing video.
0: Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know what I always thought about that? If you, since everybody has seen it lately because it's everywhere because he's back in the news, Robin Ventura knew he was getting thrown at, and he reacted. Like, I'm, I'm going to whoop his butt. And then he starts running out there, and he's like, oh, no, I'm running out to Nolan Ryan, a 44-year-old, 45-year-old, whatever he was at the time. And he kind of just put his head in his arm. If you watch it, it, it Ventura puts up no resistance whatsoever. He kind of just puts his head in, in between Nolan Ryan's arm, and he lets him get punched in the face a couple times, noogied in the head. And then he just goes away. It's not even a fight. It's like Robert Ventura realized it was a mistake to charge Nolan Ryan halfway out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you like that? You saw it yesterday, I, David. Is that, is that right?
0: You know what? I, I you know you're right. He I never really I never, never really it. thought about that, but I, I think that's I think that's top notch analysis of that video.
1: You think in the middle of all yeah. his anger, he realized? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He got uh-oh. there, and he's like, right? "Oh,
0: what am I doing?" Yeah, I, I always yeah, thought, he thought he was doing, he was just Nolan Ryan. <laughs>
1: Well, when I watch it, I always thought he was just surprised at how tough and strong and aggressive that Nolan Ryan could be. I mean, all of a sudden, there's a seven. Semi-
0: well, Robin Ventura was not a small guy. No. I mean, he was not a small guy. It, it, and the way he got manhandled by Ryan, I mean, yeah. he, 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 he kind of threw the fight, I think. Okay. You know, uh, we need to get him on and ask him that direct
2: question, Okay. We need to if we break that, coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that that'll get the ball Interesting. rolling.
1: Interesting. All right, that that theory has not been brought out before. Along with our antimatter theory earlier in the day, we got a couple of theories we got to throw out there, and I'm sure before the end of the show, Big Dell will at least throw one more theory out there. But uh at any rate, Cubs lose the ball game. A couple of young players that are looking good for the Cubs, and uh, you want to check in. A little baseball talk here. The two guys at a mic Show, eight 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 four six three sixty seven. 48, even though they've lost eight in a row. Darwin Barney continues to excel for a couple of hits. Two days ago, three hits yesterday, Big Dog. And the other guy that I'm starting to like, he was a first-round pick about six, seven years ago, disappeared. Don't know where he went, maybe into the land of antimatter. But he's back, and he looks pretty good, and that's Lou Mont- Montanez.
2: Yeah, Louis Montanez, who the Cubs drafted in yep. uh, in 2002 or 2001, like right around 2000, right in the, like at the beginning uh, of the decade. A
1: high number one pick.
2: Yeah, he was a first-round pick, coach. So he couldn't have been 0-1 because that was Mark Pryor. So it might have been two thousand. I'm pretty sure, and he was decent. Played shortstop. Was in a trade to the Orioles, and then he like disappeared. Was like I don't know if he was out of baseball, but he might have been out of baseball for like a year. Mm -hmm. And then you know all of a sudden he's back in the in the Cubs fold. And what I like about him is he hits line drives and he could run. You know, so that's I love those type of ball players. Those are a little bit more consistent for you. They, they, you typically know you're going to get a hit out of those guys every day. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a fast guy in the base pack.
1: Yeah, I like him. Like I'd like to see him play a little bit more. Tony Campana as well. Big dog and a coach staying optimistic on our Chicago Cub. I'm still behind Mike Quade. I think he's a good coach as well. anybody that wants to throw a slightly more negative vent in or. God forbid, support the big dog and the coach's cause here. 888-463-6748. One more game against Cincinnati Reds, big dog. And have you noticed the fandom at whatever Cincinnati Stadium is known at? Not, not a lot of people coming out to watch a pretty good Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati was a great baseball town. Where are yeah, all the fans? I,
2: I agree with you, Coach, and I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, I, you're right. Cincinnati for years has always supported. They usually get yeah. 30000 a game. You know what I mean? And considering Cincinnati is a really small town, I would only say, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I would guess that Cincinnati had around 600,000 people in the town. So that's mm-hmm. not a really big city. So if you get 30,000 out there, one out of 20 people in the whole city are going to baseball games. So maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, it is a hard economic times, but how about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is two games above five hundred, and I have lambasted Pittsburgh for years about how nobody goes to those games. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful park in baseball, blah, blah, blah. Coach, they had a sellout the other day, and it wasn't the Cubs, the Red Sox, or the Yankees. They actually sold out a game against the Reds. So it, it was their first, oh, it was the Phillies. Excuse me, it was the Phillies, but it was the,
3: yeah, the They
1: first
2: beat. sellout. I guess the Phillies might
1: have traveled well. Yeah, they but beat Philadelphia two out of three in that series, too.
2: Uh uh-huh. So it's uh, uh, it would be nice to see Pittsburgh uh, fandom actually mm-hmm. get out there and, and support the team because they actually have one of the more fun teams yeah. to watch in, in the National League right
1: now. They got a chance to break that. What is it? Nineteen consecutive years of under five hundred. I think you might have pushed them a little bit too much. Right now they're twenty nine and thirty, a game under five hundred. Okay. But they just beat Philadelphia two out of three. They knocked off Arizona yesterday, eight to five, scored five runs in the eighth inning. So. When we say this Pittsburgh team is for real, I'm not talking about championship level, but they're, I think, a real contender to get over 500, at least be respectable. And that's been a while, big dog in Pittsburgh.
2: If they had a number one pitcher, they'd be a yep. pretty decent team. They really have a bunch of number two pitchers. is so mm-hmm. what it is. Nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. you do need a, a, if, a stud up there.
1: If they're looking, Doug Davis uh, or possibly uh, Rodrigo Lopez are both available.
2: Okay, well that that would be good to know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
2: By the way, speaking of Rodrigo Lopez, who was uh, 0 for what? uh, Pulhos is o for thirteen against him, and then so they're like, oh, it's a good matchup. We should, yeah. Well, whatever, because that was about to come to an end. (laughs) You know, we've never really seen Albert Pulhos coach go on like a crazy tear because it seems like every month Mm -hmm. he hits three thirty with six or seven home runs and drives in twenty five runs. He does it every single month, and you know it's like ho hum. Well, he had he hit two sixty for the first third of a of a baseball season. He has 5 home runs in his last 4 games, hit another one yesterday and mm-hmm. hit nothing but laser beams. Even his outs yesterday were line drives. I think Albert Pujols is going to like do something that we've never seen like a baseball player do over the next couple couple weeks or months. Mm-hmm. I think you know to, by August 1st he's going to be hitting 330 again and in order for him to do that, he's going to have to hit, like, 400 for, like, two months. And it's I think a good, good
1: analysis it. of his hitting. He's had, you know, two homer, three homer games before, but you're talking about that, like, two, three-week streak where you get just ridiculously hot. It's and you're 600. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as great as his numbers have been the last six, seven, eight years, it's, it's the beauty of him is it's consistent. Yeah. He rarely, this is his first... Probably his biggest slump he's had in his, his major league career. So, uh, But right now he is hotter than Hades. Hit another home run. St. Louis beat uh, Houston yesterday 7-4. to Lance Berkman got a home run as well. The Cardinals continue to be in first place. And by the way, speaking of Cardinals, we got to congratulate one of our local kids, Big Dog, um, Charlie Tilson, picked in the second round by the St. Louis Cardinals. Local kid from Wilmette, Illinois, right out of high school, picked by the St. Louis Cardinals. How about that, Mel Allen?
2: Well, uh, congratulations to the to the young man and the and the family. And even though he's a Cardinal, we wish him well and, and nothing but the best. So mm-hmm. that's really cool.
1: Yeah, he's been a Cub fan all his <laughs> life, and then he gets drafted by the Cardinals. So you got to make that. Uh...
2: You know how long? You know how long I would regret uh, being a Cub fan and being mm-hmm. drafted by the Cardinals?
1: I'm gonna guess About not long.
2: a second, coach. <laughs> Never the shortest time, I'm a i a mean, Cardinal, no problem. I love Whitey Herzog. I just missed my favorite player of all time. All right, now where do I sign?
0: So,
1: your favorite was, player?
2: Well, I'm telling you, no, I'm just telling you, oh. if all of a sudden I got drafted by yeah, the okay. Cardinals, even though I'm a diehard uh, fan. Gotcha. I, I'd have a Stan Musial, uh tattoo before the end of the mm-hmm. day. So.
1: Well, hopefully hopefully he won't go to the Cardinals because he's also assigned to go on and play for your beloved institution, University of Illinois. Now, the rule is in baseball, if you don't sign, then you go to college for three years. Do I got that correct?
2: That is exactly right, so that's, that's a... he's going to go to Illinois, I didn't know you were throwing... So he's got to go to Illinois, Coach. <laughs> Illinois education is worth a lot more than three years of uh, trying to get to Springfield, Illinois, because that's the mm-hmm. A affiliate for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Springfield is not that nice, young man. Go to Champaign.
1: All okay? of a sudden, the big dog changes his... Uh... No, no, I'm 100% convinced of what this yeah. young man needs to do with his life. Well, that's a big decision. It's you got you got to gotta make that call in a fairly short period of time, and it's not like in a year or two, but... If you don't go pro, you are committed to playing college baseball for three years. How long has that rule been in place, uh, Mr. Redwine? For
2: as long as I believe the draft has been around, Coach. Or wow. seriously, the draft's been around since the the early '60s.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know who the first player ever taken was in the in in a in a draft?
1: Oh boy, in a college yeah, baseball. Just, just draft. to let
2: you know, he's he's he was the number one overall player picked by the Dodgers. Rick Monday. No, he it wasn't Rick Monday.
1: Uh, thought I had it.
2: He was. He was a high, really high pick, though. I don't think Rick Monday was the number
1: one what, overall, though. What year was the Baseball Draft Institute? It was like it was like '64. It, like it was early '60s. '64. So. And is this guy? Would I know the name?
2: Absolutely. Okay, he's managed in the World Series. Ooh. He's now a commentator.
1: This is a good trivia question.
2: And he's managed in Japan.
1: Oh, Bobby
2: Valentine. Yeah. Could you believe it? The Dodgers in really? the same and the Dodgers in one draft. OK, Um now, from what I understand, there was like there was two different drafts, but like the modern draft, the mm-hmm. way that it's set up now. OK, so I shouldn't say the first ever old draft, but the way it was changed till now, the Dodgers in that same draft got like Bobby Valentine, Ron, say Steve Garvey. It's just amazing, coach, where they they got the whole Davey Lopes, do you name like that whole team mm-hmm. that the Dodgers got? They drafted them all in the same freaking year.
3: Were they? And,
1: were like,
2: the- and they drafted them all
1: like right in a row. Was Bobby Valentine drafted right out of high school, or did he play college ball first?
2: He was—I'm pretty sure he was right out of high school. Wow. Most positive, he was right out of high school. Oh, cool. And they—they they talked about how he was the smartest baseball player. That's why he was drafted number one. It was wasn't just because it was talent. Like mm-hmm. the, he had like a baseball IQ of Einstein, supposedly when he was 18 years old.
1: Was that the scouts that said that, or was that Bobby huh. Valentine? I think Bobby. Oh, that was...
2: oh he, he was. They—they they gave him a job as a scout when they hired him when they when they drafted him.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's why he became a future successful manager in commentary. That's a good trivia question. First player ever... Picked in the modern draft, Mr. Robert Valentine.
2: I'm going to have to look at the exact, uh because I, I actually learned this like 17 years ago, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, I'm going to research that today, Coach, so I'll get mm-hmm. back to you. Okay, I bet you
1: will. 888-463-6748. Real quick on the baseball front. we got other stories to get to. You want to check in, folks. Dial it up, talk some baseball, jump off the sports page. Coach of the Big Dog at your service here again. 888-463-6748. 48 dial it up will get you right out White Sox knocked off Seattle Big Dog, they're playing better and better now climbing in Cleveland's fading away so it could be a little bit of a race sox are climbing back into it one of the uh, I'm gonna transcend Chicago I'm gonna say maybe I'm going overboard right now one of the better stories of Major League Baseball right now is this kid Phil Umber who again last night seven and two-thirds uh, five hits one run amazing
2: uh, Coach, absolutely amazing. He hits his spot. You know, he's pitching really, really well. It, it isn't luck. You know, sometimes you can kind of, you know, when you, when you, you you 'cause the guy's numbers totally lie. This guy is pitching good baseball. And he went up against Felix Hernandez yesterday. and now who? Quite, quite honestly.
3: Never heard
1: of
2: totally him. Totally dominated him. So.
1: Yeah. Awfully, and, awfully
2: good game. and I
1: don't know how many uh, people around the country know his name, but I mean, he's, I think he's had one and it wasn't even a terrible outing but one not so good outing every other it's not like he's throwing no hitters but he has been consistently effective game in and game out he's nearing all-star type material Big doug he's been a major fine for the chicago white sox uh
2: coach quite simply i mean whatever, however you want to go about this uh fantasy baseball does rankings and mm-hmm. statistically right now he's had the 12th best season in major league baseball so yes he is dominating he's He's Not
1: a, in the American uh, League, but in Major League Baseball.
2: In Major League Baseball. Wow. Because like yeah, like wins, his whip, his ERA. He's been dominant, Coach. He's quality,
1: really quality starts. This is a guy, twelfth rated, twelfth right now in the Major League. This is a guy who was a fill-in, a last-minute fill-in for the most part at the number five spot for the White Sox.
2: Yeah, I have him in all my fantasy league teams. That's I know amazing. that you don't want to get into that, but just to mm-hmm. let you know, that's how much I trust the kid. He's on mm-hmm. every one of my, well, not on one of my teams, but that's never, go. never. Don't,
1: mind. don't forget, he uh, extends my theory of, uh, you always pick players, draft players that have the silent letter in front of their name. That H is not pronounced, but I'm a big fan of the silent letter, big dog. Phil Humber, living proof of that.
2: You're gonna, you're gonna have to give me another athlete. Cause it wasn't Michael Horden. Horden.
1: Okay. How about my favorite priest, Father <laughs> Flager? Oh,
2: that's right. It starts with uh, <laughs> it starts with uh, with a P, right? Yes, it does. Does, does the father start with a P?
1: <laughs> no. But oh, okay. what was that's I watching? It was, I was watching the Jay Leno show, and there was a Filipino politician. It was a little bit he does on headlines, and the guy's name was Phat, and his last name was Phuc. Now try putting those two together and try to keep a straight face. Uh, another one of the headlines, by the way, you know John Boehner, sometimes called John Boner, the head of our Republican Congress. One of the headlines in one of the little local papers, hopefully it was by mistake, but it said uh, Boner silent on Wiener's scandal.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, goodness. All right, moving right along, dog. 888 463 Another baseball action yesterday. Got the Red Sox taking on the Yankees. Boston wins game one of that series, my friend. 6-4, to four, Jacoby Ellsbury. Remember I was having dreams about Jacoby Ellsbury?
2: Yeah, well, uh, if, if you're waking up and it's going to have to be a man that your wife looks like, might as well be Jacoby Ellsbury. Not
1: apparently. bad. Not bad. Lead-off hitter, very quick, very attractive. Jacoby Ellsbury, he hit... Uh, he had a and home run on the first inning. They got the
2: pesky pole
1: with him. That... Take it yeah. easy. Take it easy. Big Poppy Ortiz hit a home run, and the Red Sox win the first of that series. John Lester, by the way, is eighth win of the season, so pretty good for Boston.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, bad for New York, too, because uh, uh, John Lester was trying to bear down a, a cutter in on uh, Mark Teixeira, or how you say Teixeira, <laughs> and... Uh, it hit him in his back knee coach
1: yes i saw that
2: and and uh, the yankees he's got like a he might have a bone bruise or something like that he might be out like 4 or 5 days and he was
1: killing the ball lately. Yep, yeah that that uh i was in pain watching the replay yeah, that did not and look good. That, that one hurt. By the way, the team that you predicted to come back and to watch out for, I don't know, Big Doug. I'm starting to get skeptical. Boston, or not Boston, Baltimore, four, Oakland, nothing. Oakland has now lost eight in a row. And in your sweepstakes for the first manager fired, I don't think we've had a manager fired yet in Major League Baseball, Oakland manager, I believe his name is Bob Guerin, right now a leading candidate. But eight losses in a row for your beloved A.
2: No, Coach, you nailed it right on the – I bet you he's done in the in the week. He might be done by the end of the day.
1: <laughs> you know, he's had, like,
2: players complain about him. You know what I mean? And that, when you have, like, eight-game losing streaks, your team isn't going anywhere. You've been there for, like, four years now, four mm-hmm. or five years. The writing might be on the wall. He might be gone this week, Coach. I'd be surprised.
1: I forget which team. Houston Street, the fine closer out of the University of Texas, is pitching for these days. But Houston Street – Who? The Rockies. Okay, thank you. The Colorado Rockies. Houston Street was quoted last week as saying, in all his years of uh, athletic competition in sports, Bob Guerin was the least desirable person that he ever associated with.
2: Yes, that was uh, a little surprising.
1: Yeah, pretty strong statement. Detroit, by the way, the Tigers. Got to talk about Detroit. They've won eight out of nine. They beat Texas yesterday. 20 hits, big dog. Just ripping the leather off the baseball. 20 hits. Austin Jackson, quiet early in the season. He's coming out of it. He got three hits yesterday. But the Tigers are making their move on Cleveland uh, for real, or do you think they'll come back to the pack be a five hundred Tim? What, the
2: Tigers you're talking about? The Tigers. They, no, Coach. The, the Tigers and the White Sox and the Indians are going to be in a pennant race all season long, Coach. It's going down to the wire. Okay, the Tigers are for real. The Tigers have some pretty good starting pitching. I mean Mac Scherzer is starting to show some bullet holes in him. But mm-hmm. uh the Verlander and and Rick Porcello who pitched last night really well. When you go to Texas and 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 you throw seven innings, even if you give up four runs against that lineup in that heat, you had a great game. So uh, you know the the Tigers have a pretty good pitching staff coach and they got uh they got uh Papa Grande uh closing out games for him. You know what Papa Grande means, right, Coach?
1: Uh I mean, do not.
2: The big Potato.
1: <laughs> Who is the Big Potato?
2: Jose Valverde. Ah. and While he was while he was in Houston, they wanted to give him a nickname.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the, they were like, "Hey, well, let's call him Big Daddy. So let's call him Papa Grande." So they started calling him Papa Grande. The guy wasn't, uh, of you know he didn't he didn't speak any Spanish and didn't realize <laughs> he he nicknamed him the Big Potato instead <laughs> of the Big Daddy. I
1: like that. I like that. Who was the reliever known as El Smoke? Um. I don't remember who that was. I'll, yeah, I'll think
2: about. of it. That does sound Hey,
1: a uh, question coming in via the email from Barrington Barbara, and you can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Barrington Barbara wants to know, Big Dog, uh, well, two things. A, or number one, do you give private lessons in the kayaking? And two, is Maglio Ordonez still playing for the Tigers, and if so, how's he doing this year? I haven't seen uh, his name in the paper.
2: Uh Maglio Ardonez is still property of the Tigers and he's rehabilitating something and I'm ah. pretty sure it's a knee or it could be a hip. That's how that's how uh of so the Tooth Magdalene Ordones has been around. But he's supposedly gonna play and be ready uh again right. by the end of the season. He's so gonna he, be all right.
1: He has not played all year.
2: Um I know he was playing in spring training, and I think he okay. th- he tried to get out there, but I don't know if he's okay. had that bat this year. He doesn't have more than like ten, if he does. So
1: that that's another weapon for the uh, Detroit Tigers. They get the Maglio Ordóñez back. If he starts hitting a little bit, one more bat in an already pretty potent lineup.
2: Yeah, but last year when he had the injuries and came back, he didn't hit at all. So i i wouldn't ex- i wouldn't expect too much out mm-hmm. of Maglio Ordóñez. Okay. Anything you get out of him this year would be a bonus, Coach. So I would, right. I'm a Tiger fan. I wouldn't expect much.
1: Before we move on to news and notes, titillating well, tidbits, well, on, you well, want well, to yes, answer a question? Do
2: out, we do give out private lessons. Well, I was going to say,
1: guy. would you like to answer question, too, from uh, Barrington Barbara?
2: Yes, we do give out private lessons.
1: You do? Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Do you care to expound on that or just leave it at that?
2: Yeah, well, we don't just throw you out there. We want to okay. make sure that uh, you know what the heck you're right,
1: doing, I'll Coach. Say, that's part of what the Big Dog will offer, that one-on-one Personal relationship, you, the big dog, and the kayak, alone on the Chicago River.
2: Yeah, and a water suit. Okay.
1: <laughs> waterriders.com, dot com, right?
2: Yeah, waterriders.com, dot com, or okay. or you can just contact me, Joel Redwansky. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: People I water went. Water. I I tried to uh, get on there yesterday. I went water writer. I spelled it W R I T E R S and went to a whole different website. big dog. I should have oh, known. that.
2: Oh, 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 Do not go to waterriders.net dot <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh my 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 and Aunt, Aunt Naomi did.
1: Uh oh, not good. Nothing good, Coach. Yeah, you know, a little little culture shock for Aunt Naomi. It might, you know, might add a couple years to her life.
2: All I gotta tell you, Coach, is she was like, she was like, "Well, you're gonna make a lot of money, but is it worth it?" I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So yeah. <laughs> yes, David. And <laughs> you know, and speaking of the river, they voted last night that they're gonna clean it up. Yes. yes, they're going to I clean saw it up. That. You're soon going to be able to swim in it. Eight to one. Who's the son of a gun who voted
1: against it? Eight to one vote, Big Dog. They are going to clean up the river. I well, think we,
2: what are they going to do first, take the condoms out or the rats or the needles? You know the stuff. <laughs> I've well, I
0: I think they're starting with the sewage. So that's
2: fine. I'll be uh, I'll be more than happy. It's not as bad as you might think. Like, mm-hmm. I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit.
1: I'd like to see, like, you know, put a little chlorine in there and get it, like, pool blue.
0: You know, it's a, it's a, you know what it's po- it, it, it will change colors when they when they you know when they because it, it'll be completely treated before they release it. Mm-hmm. So it, I mm-hmm. mean, it will be good. You know, like they said, they said you know as soon as they have the facilities up and running, you know, all it'll right. be clean enough to swim in.
1: Very nice, very nice. Eight to one vote. Big dog. Even before you started working on the river, we were exposed to all the. Antibioticism that is, I was a big fan of the Chicago River.
2: Well, I, I'm telling you, coach, I, I do have an idea and I never signed a non compete deal. Uh oh. We might want you might want to uh I have a I have a really good idea. I mean even Charlie Damorka, he might want to do it, but I actually want to do something where people actually act like it's the sixteen hundreds again and you actually have to navigate through North America. And I can leave people on tours like cool. that. I, I like think that. we can get people to pay like fifteen grand. Uh-huh. We can make like five grand a person. Get like twenty people on this, coach. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, this could be a nice little business we can have. We can set I up.
1: I like it. I like it. Maybe we could reinc- reincarnate the Lewis and Clark expedition too. People could, you know, you can sign up to be Lewis and/or Clark.
2: Well, coach, they'd have to. They'd have to give us like a hundred grand for that each. Yeah, that's good. We'll cut that Like three years, coach.
1: Huh?
2: And well, plus, you know, carrot. You know, trying to portage your, uh you know, y- your canoe like, through downtown Denver isn't as easy as it used to be, believe it or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, there might be a few kinks in the system. We'll work it out, though. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So I, I think we might have to stick with just yeah. navigating the the rivers.
1: We'll have to find a cheap hotel for your liaison with Pocahontas as well. All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing but the best for Pocahontas. All right. Thank you very much. Poke your own, will you? 888-463-6748. Titillating tidbit news and notes real quick, Big Dog. Got to get to some of these stories. NBC has... uh. Locked up the Olympic Games through 2020, so the next three or four Olympic Games, and all it took was $4.38 billion, but NBC will be home to your Olympic Games.
2: Yeah, and uh, just as long as uh, in London Usain Bolt is in focus, that's all I freaking care about, Coach. I'm So it's just a little bit over a year away, and we get to see the greatest or the fastest athlete on the planet go at it again. I can't wait, Coach. I, I think he's going to put on another show like he did in, in Beijing. Mm-hmm. I'm fired up. That's no. There's other stuff. To, I don't know what the other stories are going to be. Is what Michael Phelps in, in 2012 the next Olympics? That's I oh mean, what is that? What it is?
1: Summer Olympics 2012. I have not done a ton of research on that. I did read about what
2: sport so, was it? He's going to go after. because he's going to try to win the most gold medals all the time. He only needs well, to win like three, right? I don't know oh, about
1: it. that. I, I only, think I think Michael Phelps is still out in limbo land. I'm not. I, I haven't heard that he's training definitively for 2012 i could be wrong
2: okay just wondering because uh-huh. he, he's like two behind the most gold medals of all time okay and it's it's like some russian gymnast guy who is and you have a lot more opportunities i think mm-hmm. in, as a gymnast to win gold medals yeah. don't you
1: there is a nine-year-old russian gymnast who's a threat to take like 16 gold medals are okay. you just making that up yes Okay. I was going to say they, they haven't figured out yet if they're going to enter in the men's or women's competition, but uh, he or she is truly talented. All right. Uh Moving from the Olympic Games, and it's, you know, i sorry to bring this up as a tidbit, but uh, the Dallas Mavericks knocked off the Miami Heat yesterday. Not really a tidbit. It's the NBA Finals. Series tied at 2-2. Two to two. Heat had a nine-point lead, Big Dog, early for fourth quarter, and suddenly the Heat having trouble closing the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, pull out the victory, eighty-six, eighty-three. It's even. One more game in Dallas. Uh,
2: coach, uh, do you know how many games in in the last six years of Michael Jordan's playoff run with Chicago Bulls that he scored less than twenty points and his team lost the game in a playoff game
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in six years?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, LeBron's a different player. Don't don't criticize LeBron Eight for points. that. He's LeBron's a willing distributor of the basketball.
2: Eight points. Yeah. Three made field goals. Come on. You got to be, you got to, you got to do something, coach. That you can't. He scored, what, two points in the fourth quarter? Yesterday?
1: He's had some great fourth quarters. Give the guy a break. He had one off game. Dwayne Wade, 31.
2: He has nine points in the four fourth quarters of this series.
1: Now that I was not aware of. Yes. You're sure about that?
2: I am, unless the, the, who is it? John Barry... Scooter Barry. I love, of the I love the all of them.
1: Any member of the Barry family, I'm a big fan of.
2: is isn't Brent or Rick, so I'm pretty sure it's John Barry, okay. whoever it is on ESPN. Yeah, he's I don't good. Think it, I don't think it's Scooter Barry. But, yeah, he said nine points, and, and they all were like, they all shut up. Magic Johnson, uh, they all were like, wow. Like, it was, and they all knew it was true. I'm just dumbfounded, Coach. I really am dumbfounded. Like, it's a, it's amazing. They're going to end up, I think they'll win the series. I really do think they'll win in seven and they're going to end up winning a couple championships, and this guy could end up being one of the best players that ever lived, and he'll never get his due just because of the way everything has transpired. Unless unless things really change for his career and the way it's going, because no matter what happens here, Wade's going to get the MVP of this series if the, if the Heat win, and all of a sudden, like, LeBron James wins a championship, and he loses. Because I don't know, in some weird way, it just yeah. it's, it's, this is a really strange story. Is all I'm saying. We've never seen anything like this, where the guy's going to end up being vindicated in a way of winning a championship, and mm-hmm. and then and people are like, wow, you know what? All he really cared about was winning the championship. He didn't care about how many points he scored. He mm-hmm. really did whatever it takes. That's and it. yet, like in the whole scope of people worldwide. He still will have been the guy that didn't show up in the
1: finals. Let me, uh, if Isn't I.
2: Isn't it strange how like the media works?
1: Well, it, it, yeah, it's strange, but it's inaccurate. And let me uh, speak. Let me speak for LeBron James, if I could. I'll be the voice of LeBron. Way too much speculation. Way too many people worried. You know, get on with your regular lives. Don't worry about me. Way too many people worried about the legacy of LeBron James. Will he be looked? At? We don't care about the legacy of LeBron James. I want to win. I want to have fun playing. I want to, you know, get my teammates involved. I want to enjoy the game of basketball and try to win as many championships as I can. I'm not really concerned about my legacy. I'm confident I'm going to go down as one of the better players of all time. But, uh, again, I'm speaking on behalf of LeBron James. and proud to do uh, coach, so. But, doing a uh, pretty good job of it. Thank you. And the media, you know, too much. They stop overthinking it. Worry about something else. All he's trying to do is get his Miami Heat team to win a championship. Thank you very much.
2: I mean, yeah, you said it, and hey, okay, I'm done with it now. I'm done with it. But uh, just hey. to let you know, I did I did uh, count up. In the last six seasons, Michael Jordan was with the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, in regular season, there was 46 games where Michael Jordan did not score 20 points. 46 games, Coach. What was the Bulls' record in those games? In the 46 yeah. games, Michael Jordan. Because you have to say, he? then he had a bad game. If he didn't score 20, he had a bad game. Okay?
1: All I know he was is... was a shooting guard. You take you, you take Luke Longley away from that Bulls team, and Michael Jordan is is just a a penance of what people think he would be.
2: I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> don't forget don't forget about Judd Bushler's contribution to the team. Yeah, a
1: little bit overrated. Okay. Okay. A little bit over it. But the big, the big fellow in the middle of Will Perdue or a Luke Landley, Michael Jordan, nothing without those two guys. Uh, no, without a question. <laughs> All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number, if you want to agree, disagree, or anywhere in the vast in between, feel free to dial it up. Next uh, topic on the docket, the USO. give me a guess, coach. You didn't even give me a guess. On what?
2: on, on, the, on the, out of the 46 games in the, the last six years of, of Michael Jordan's career, how many? Of the games that he did not score 20, how many that did they win out of 46?
1: Uh, he did not score 20. All right, the Bulls went to uh, last 40. 26 and 14.
2: Okay, they were 41 and 5. So in six seasons, there was only five games where he did not score 20 points and the Bulls lost.
1: So is that a supportive, non-supportive?
2: What I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah, like he he didn't play bad games. He played one bad game a season, less okay. than one bad game a season. Is what I'm getting. So like when they, he did not when the Bulls didn't score twenty points, yeah, they won. Well, Jordan they won because they were probably beating the Timberwolves and he scored twelve right. points and sat out the last two
1: quarters of the game. That's that might be part of it. I'm going to turn it around a little bit by devil's advocate because uh, the more my years go on, the less favorable I am. Towards the legacy of Michael Jordan and say this, Big Dog, it just goes to show you that if Michael would have passed the ball and shared the ball a little bit more, the Bulls would have been more successful. That at times, he would dominate the ball. He was such a good scorer at times, at brief moments and times, it was a detriment to the team. They were better when he didn't try to dominate the ball.
2: Okay, that's I'm not gonna argue with that because that's actually an interesting way to look at it because yeah. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah, I didn't. I either, just but... looked at it was they didn't need him, so they won the game, and he didn't even bother to put mm-hmm. the cape on that day.
1: Again, so. I'm not even not even sure I agree with that comment, but I threw it out there on the part of the D.A. the old devil's advocate. Okay. All right, uh, U.S. Open coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend, Big Dog, and it was officially announced, Mr. Tiger Woods via a, uh injured left knee and, I believe, an Achilles tendon as well. No Tiger at this year's U.S. Open.
2: Wow, you know, that, that shows you that you just never know. Who would have thought that a golfer would suffer a type of injury that would uh, debilitate him for years, for years, Coach? And that's what Tiger Woods is going through right now, so... uh uh, I, I don't you know I I do think it's 100% physical at this point. I think he, mentally he's got to be past all the
1: mm-hmm.
2: the divorce and all that other uh, all that other stuff he went through.
1: So Man, it, I'm not thoroughly convinced on that, but uh Well, sir, I mean the guy hasn't won what since
2: 2009? Yeah, that's about right. Somebody, well, the, the US the US Open, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. when he went around the the course.
1: Yep. He'll get it right. He'll get it back, just a matter of when. But in the meantime, uh, no Tiger Woods in the U.S. Open the following weekend. Coming up this weekend, Big Dog, the 143rd running. You've only been around for 38 of them, but 143 years out in Elmont, New York. The Belmont Stakes, final leg of the Triple Crown, Animal Kingdom, and Shackleford. They've been going back and forth. The two of them will have a great run, and of course, there'll be 11 other horses that will try to upset those two. But the Belmont Stakes, this weekend, I know you're semi-excited.
2: Uh, you know, if I was home, I'd be watching it, Coach. I-, I promise you that. But at that right, I'll be getting off of the river right when the the horses will be off and running. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to. I'm
1: there. pretty sure for those two minutes, the race is on. The city of Chicago will pretty much stop.
2: Why or- would you say that?
1: Or not? Uh Moving along quickly, the Concacaf Cup, the Gold Cup. <coughs> Excuse me, U.S. two, Canada zero in the opening round of the Concacaf Cup.
2: Uh, yeah, that was – oh, oh that was a real game, wasn't it? Yes. That wasn't a friendly or anything. No, they,
1: they lost to Spain in a not-so-friendly <laughs> over the weekend, 4-zip. Okay, well, it's good that they got a win. They needed mm-hmm. one, big-time coach. Yep. Always big <laughs> when you beat Canada in soccer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> that is kind of, it's a must-win, isn't it? When you're playing – when you're playing Canada in these like type of tournaments, you yep. have to get points out of it. You can't tie. You have to win those games.
1: Spoken like a true soccer officiate. out. A real quick, Girls Softball World Series. One of the great dominant programs, not for three years, not for six years, but for the last 20, 25 years. We're talking about Arizona State women's softball. They're your NCAA champs. Picked up. they sweep Florida. Congrats to the Sun Devil.
2: Yeah, uh, the the Pac-10 has been really, really dominant the last couple of years, folks. So. And uh, it, it continues with the win last night.
1: Uh, next story on the docket, Ohio State's Terrell Pryor. I think we all saw this one coming, big though, But Terrell Pryor has officially announced he will not be uh, attending Ohio State next year. Now, where he's going to go, supplemental draft, wherever it might be. But Terrell Pryor is on to the next phase of his life.
2: Yeah, that's, it's much better for uh, the university, let's face it. They mm-hmm. needed to get him uh, out of the hair. So, uh, you know, he could end up having... The greatest career of any Big Ten football player ever. If he comes back and they win, that he wins the Heisman Trophy in the national championship because he'd have four Big Ten championships. Blah blah blah, and then to go out like this—talk about how mm. the mighty have fallen. Yep. Think about when he started his first game when he was a freshman. Uh, like it was it was like two or three games into his career. And, I mean, like we we were like expecting, and to, he was like, "I'm going to be here for all four years. I want to set all these records at Ohio State. Want to win national championships? Well." None of
1: that happened. Yeah, CL. actually, it wasn't just one big curve up and then down. He came in as one of the you know the better high school quarterbacks of all time with all the notoriety. Yeah. In his first year, he was good, but there was some disappointment. You know, people said, "Hey, this guy's not going to be the dominant force we thought." They so there won was
2: the Big Ten championship coach.
3: I
1: understand. In that
2: year. Okay, that. Yeah. I know what you're saying, Coach, and all those people. And I, and I, you know what? I was one of them because I was a little critical. Everybody else talked about how great he was. I was like, you know, he's not as great as we thought he was. But but at the end of the day, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, they, he won three consecutive Big Ten championships. Mm-hmm. For a guy that isn't as great as we thought he was, he, he's pretty freaking good. You know, especially on third down, trust me, as an Illinois fan, what Terrell Prior did to us this year. You can't tell an Illinois fan that he's, he, that he's not a really good quarterback because he he single-handedly beat Illinois this year.
1: Right, well, I was talking about freshman year Then he did, he did start to show that promise sophomore year. Hey, real quick, about 20 seconds for you to pontificate. Big dog, oh, the, uh, Stanley Cup game four. It's getting chippy. It's getting feisty. The referees are going to have to be on guard, no doubt. Vancouver at Boston game four. What do you see tonight?
2: Uh, I, I see a Boston win coach. Uh, it's not like the NBA. It goes 2-2, two, 1-1-1. Two, one, one, one. So it'll go, uh, after this, it goes back to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, Boston, Vancouver. So uh, important game for Boston, Coach. Not, definitely not the must win, but right. you don't want Vancouver with a chance to clinch in Game 5. you got to win this.
1: And Aaron Rowe, by the way, did get a four-game suspension, so he's out for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs.
2: Preservedly. Yep.
1: All right, Dolph, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay off of kayaks and watch out for antimatter. I shall. <laughs> All right. Excuse me, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you so much. Much appreciate everybody out there tuning into our semi-dysfunctional show. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock and try to be a little bit less dysfunctional. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, signing off. Have a great day, everybody.